This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 5, Episode 10, Visiting Hours. And let's start it off with an announcement. Uh, so you guys probably already guessed this, but uh, we are confirming that we are going to Gen Con this year. Uh, so we will be there all four days. Um, most of the cast actually, uh, and we will be hanging out and, uh, make sure that if you're going, uh, that you check out what we're doing on Twitter, uh, and come and meet us. We might have some treats for you guys. Uh, if you show up. We had a great time last year. We got to meet a couple of you guys. Uh, it's a ton of fun getting to talk to the fans, and we're uh, we're going to try and be as active on Twitter as possible. So, like, if you guys have any suggestions while you're there, like something that we should check out, uh, uh, definitely tweet at us. We are at Essential NPCs. That's it for announcements. So let's move on into Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM Hello. is about Series 5, Episode 9, Road Rage. We get into a whole bunch of trouble um, on the 405 with uh, the blessing of some gangers and with, spoiler alert, D'Artagnan in tow. Yeah, it's an episode where everyone gets to kick a little ass. <laughs> uh, you got Boomer getting uh, zapped by light by a lightning bolt and not caring. You got uh, Bumbles controlling two cars and like saying "fuck you" to some machine sprites trying to <laughs> screw with him. Uh, you got Mouse just completely decimating that Technomancer in the Matrix, uh, and. Uh, Nim slinging spells and ripping the Mac Hellhound in half. I mean, you guys, you guys really knocked it out of the park. It was great. It was a lot of fun. We weren't the only ones who kicked ass. Uh, D'Artagnan was like integral in in acquiring us a new vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like he could do no wrong. Uh, <laughs> did I just miss those dice rolls, or? Well, um, uh, I'm of the philosophy uh, that. Your life will be a lot easier as a GM if uh, you don't really concern yourself with rolling for NPC on NPC action. Um, you know, seeing if one NPC convinces another or, you know, if a cool like street samurai ninja dwarf can jump up on top of a car and like break through the window and stab some folks like... I've we've talked before in the past about the uh, merits of cinematic combat, and while I I do that um, on occasion, I almost always make it so uh, when an NPC is going up against another NPC, I just kind of decide narratively what's going on. I always NPCs are almost always in like kind of a cinematic mode where I I don't make them roll. Uh, I just kind of decide like how it works out. And whenever I'm building an encounter and you guys have like an NPC helping you out, I kind of 
build a subsection of that encounter that I that like is for the NPC to deal with. So you guys can see that they're helping. You guys can see that they're like important to the fight, but they're handling an aspect of the uh, combat scenario that is kind of separated from the rest of you guys. Yeah. I've done that as a G as a GM too. Uh, though I, I'm probably about half and half. Um, but I do think that there are some merits, uh, to rolling, uh, from my perspective, because sometimes I don't know what's more interesting narratively, or I don't know who would win out because they're, you know, like even, or there's more on one side than the other. Uh, but something I won't do is, uh, put that NPC standing next to a PC fighting like the same guy. Uh, they, they always have other people to deal with. Uh, yeah. A lot of that is, is twofold because you don't want, uh, an NPC, to steal the show. Uh, you don't want them to be a badass and win the day for the PCs. Uh, you take away all of the player agency. Um, so one way to prevent that is actually to make them roll. Or uh, if you're not going to roll for the NPCs, then make sure their objective is separate from uh, from the PCs' objective. So they're helping without taking away the player's opportunity to succeed in their own right. Uh, and my primary argument for uh, not bothering to roll for NPC on NPC action um, is that it saves a lot of time. Uh, you figure out what the the NPCs, the like friendly NPCs initiative is, just like any other NPC involved in the fight, and then. Uh, when it gets to their turn, you can just narrate the next step of them achieving or failing to achieve uh, their objective based on how you want the fight to go. Um, and that gives more time to the players to be able to focus on what they're doing and rolling for. Um, because you only have so much time in a session and, and you don't want a combat to draw out forever. And one of the like quickest ways to cut that down is to only roll... Uh, when it directly affects the PCs and then just kind of uh, GM fiat what's going on with the NPC on NPC action and just decide uh, narratively what you think is most interesting. And it's a, it's a good way to balance an encounter too. If, if it turns out that it's going too easy for the players, have the NPC need some help. Uh, or if it's turning out that the players are having a lot of trouble, have the NPC like succeed at their goal and be able to like help out and save the day because uh, that can help uh, build the relationships between the PCs and the NPC in the midst of the fight because either the PCs save the NPC's life or vice versa. But you're right. there There's merits to rolling as well. I, I do it on occasion too because you don't always know exactly what you want to go down in every situation. Yeah, it's uh, a useful tool to have and it's okay to give yourself permission as the GM to do it because um, I know some tables might point it out as like, a, hey, that's not fair. They're so cool. Or how did they do that? It's impossible or whatever. And, you know, instead of instead of like being nervous about that, you can just be like, well, I wanted you guys to be able to do what you needed to do or something like that. Um, it's it's a it's one of those things in the toolbox that you can use the most frequent, uh, frequently, but that's enough words of the GM. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite part? My, my favorite part, uh, was, uh, the typical GM, uh, you know, 
you have an idea of things going one way and then they go a different way. Um, I had built in rewards to this encounter. Uh, you get all that cyberware stuff and you get the information you're looking for. Uh, and uh, I made sure to mention that the enemy team had a PyTAC, which is like worth a crap load of new yen uh, and it's something that you guys would never really have the money to invest in um you know I, I built in all these things for you guys to get so that like you know even though you're doing this job like for free you're still being rewarded um what i didn't anticipate <laughs> was uh for you guys to get the mac hellhound i i knew i knew that bumbles was going to try and get the <laughs> mac hellhound um but i honestly didn't think it would survive the fight uh and um uh i was ready for it to like for the drivers to try to like get away and then uh d'artagnan kill them as they're like veering off the highway and then they crash or something like that uh uh, cre create a, a scenario where, like, you guys don't get the Mac Hellhound because Bumbles with a Mac Hellhound could possibly be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had to, as a GM, decide right, right then, like, uh, do I want to willfully deny you this thing that you've kind of earned um, and figure out some reason why you can't take it? Or do I just want to, like let it go and let you guys have a Mac hellhound because there's no in-game reason why you shouldn't succeed to the point where you can drive that thing out of there. And it's always refreshing for me as a GM when I, uh, when I think I have like complete control of a situation and then, uh, and then I'm surprised by my PCs and, and I like seeing my players being so smart that they eke out a little extra reward, uh, from, uh, any encounter. So, uh, good on you guys. <laughs> what about you? What was your favorite part? Uh, mine sort of piggybacks on that. Um, it's that we were smart. <laughs> I love it when we play not only to our strengths, but come up with a plan that allows us to win without like a protracted fight. You know, like separating the hellhound from the um, fr from itself, bifurcating it uh, with a magic wall is kind of amazing. It neutralized a, a huge threat, and then also painting the explosives on the highway uh, was also like really great because it was a way to put everyone on the other side of this conflict on the back foot right away. Um, and I, there was really no way to avoid fighting in this episode, but there was a way to fight smart and we came up with a way to do that. And, um, that, uh, is always really satisfying. Yeah. You guys came up with a really good plan and kind of like did a surgical strike and good on you guys for coming up with a, a really good plan and executing it flawlessly. Yeah. That's why it's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's enough chatter for now. Uh, you guys are still getting away from the scene of the crime right now. Uh, you're maybe you're not out of the fire yet. Uh, so let's move on in and listen to series five. Episode 10, Visiting Hours. Enjoy. It started how it always starts. New team, new Johnson, new job. Except this time, it was different. First, the runners. You got Mouse, tiny sweet girl. More than a little funny in the head. But that doesn't matter much considering she's the best fragging Decca I've ever seen. 
Then there's Kashmir, about as green as they come, clearly out of his element. But when the gods were down, that boy proved to be one hell of a mage. Then you have Bumbles, Elf, Dryad, uh, Eccentric. If you're being polite, he commands an entire arsenal of drones with enough firepower to level a whole fragment city block. He's the kind of runner you hope you don't need on a job. But if you do, you're fragging glad to have him around. Then there's me, a big red oni named Boomer. My specialty is sneaking in, geeking anyone in the way, and, as the leader of the group, keeping those three in line. Next, the Johnson. On the surface, sounds pretty straightforward. Next runner called Pretty B. Fell off the grid a few years back, but I didn't ask why. I'm a professional. Not a line of work, people are entitled to their secrets. Weird thing was, he was paying his hand over fist to help people. Had his clearing out ghouls from the sewers and redmen, for frag's sake. Like I said, weird. But it's not often you get a line of jobs with a little bit of honor in them. So I was on board from day one. After a while, we earned Brin's, I mean Pretty B's, trust. And he let us meet his employer, Lawrence Whitmore. Mr. Whitmore was the last genuine anti-establishment businessman, according to my friend Doc. Publicly, Mr. Whitmore had retired a long time ago when he was like really young, but he didn't really. It was all a ruse and in secret, he started shadow running against the corporations. When he got too old to keep running, he switched to being a Johnson and hired a team of runners to continue the work he started. But not us. We come way later. The runners he hired back then were Bryn's team. Bryn, his sister Enna, an elf named Lario, and an adept named Jason Black. Bryn told us that all of them had died a long time ago, and that's why Mr. Whitmore was looking for a new team. And that's when he found us. We could continue his mission to protect those who couldn't protect themselves, especially from the corporations. I learned from Doc that when you have the chance to do something good for somebody else, you should do it. So of course I agreed to help. Unfortunately, no good deed goes unpunished, and no organization rises without inspiring a rival. Havoc 66 arose as a dark mirror to Whitmore and Bren's work led by a madman called Hellion. It didn't take long before Hellion found out about us, and we learned that there was quite a lot that Whitmore wasn't telling us. Like that Hellion was actually the not-so-dead Jason Black, the very one that used to run with Bryn. Hellion had turned on his old team, slaughtering them as he defected from Whitmore's cause, which we would learn much later was because he wasn't just operating alone. See, the funny thing about magic is, those of us who are able to harness it are as much under its influence as it is under ours. Hellion had gotten into bed with the wrong kind of spirit, a toxic one. Uh, the spirit drove him mad, uh, desiring only destruction. It took Whitmore's anti-corporation agenda and uh, perverted it, uh, causing Hellion to see violence as the only solution. But before we had a chance to prepare for the coming onslaught, Hellion made his move against the corpse and Whitmore. He broke into the estate and murdered Whitmore right in front of us. Then he stole Whitmore's personal shuttle, blasting off into space. As he, Hellion had set into motion a series of events that gave him the opportunity to hit the corporations where it would hurt them the most. 
Now the thing about AAA Corps is they're much too big to take down. That said, they did put quite a few of their eggs in one basket, Zurich Orbital Station. The station is, was, a seat of power for the AAAs. The Matrix, their bank, and even the corporate court was housed there. Like I said, a lot of eggs in one nice mid-sized space basket. Hellion's plan was to take over the station and crash it on Seattle. Not quite an extinction level event, but certainly a global catastrophe. Naturally, the only reasonable thing for us to do was follow him up into space and stop him. Which we did! Sort of. We definitely took Hellion out, just not before he had done enough damage to the station to send it careening earthward. But with a little help from Mouse, we managed to make the whole space station rigger interface. That's right, for a few glorious minutes, I was a space station. While rigged in, I had to break poor Zurich Orbital apart. It fell into the ocean in little bitty pieces, causing basically no damage at all. And we became global heroes. Except no one knows, because we're Shadowrunners, and the corpse would love to pin this on us. So we decided to lay low, in Whitmore's mansion. It was the only sensible choice. That's where we've been since then, keeping our heads down while Bryn lines up the next job. And that's where I come in. This crusade Whitmore started is more than just a mission. It's my legacy. My name is Nim, and Lawrence Whitmore was my father. Whitmore sacrificed everything for his crusade against the corpse, including his relationship with my mother, L'Oreal. I never understood how he could just neglect us for his greater purpose. When I was old enough to join his team, he didn't offer, and I didn't ask. Some people would consider that a lucky break for me if they knew what happened next. When Jason Black murdered my mother, I faked my death and fled overseas. And it wasn't even hard considering my ability to magically impersonate literally anyone I meet. I needed to start a new life as someone else, to get away from him and, well, everything. I never understood how important my father's mission was until after he died. And then it was too late. It wasn't really a decision to come back to Seattle. It was something else, an, an imperative. I have to try to make things right in whatever way I can. I returned to the manor and met Bryn's new team. And apparently the mage they've been running with, this cashmere guy, ended up just like Jason. He turned toxic, betrayed his team, and ran away. I can understand why they've had some trouble trusting me. It took me this long to start letting people back into my life after a toxic mage tore it apart. Hopefully, they're not as slow on the uptake. The last time we left Crash 3.0, they had tracked down an assassin from the mysterious Mazashi clan um, named D'Artagnan. When they spoke with him, he recognized Mouse and seemed to think that she was someone else. Apparently, he had had a run-in with a clone a while back, and uh, it made him somewhat mistrustful of the team. However, they were able to convince him uh, that Mouse was not the woman he had once knew, and then uh, got him to let them know a little bit about what he knew about the cloning program, which uh, it has been revealed is called Project Zoria. 
in order to truly see if he could trust the team, uh, he pulled them in on a job he was working on uh, to hit an Evo shipment of a bunch of standard, you know, resupply for the headquarters, uh, but that he believed had an unregistered unit of cargo that was going to be sent to Project Zoria. The goal of the mission was to disable the convoy, plug mouse into that uh, cargo container, and see where the coordinates for shipping led them uh, so that they could find where Project Zoria was physically. And uh, they did that, um, taking on a Mac Hellhound and a GMC Goliath. And uh, Bumbles actually managed to get away with the front part of the Mac Hellhound. The trailer was separated in the, in the fight. <laughs> uh, the team split up, Boomer and Mouse in spot going one direction, Nim and Bumbles in the Hellhound going into the heart of Redmond uh, to stash it with the Red Hawk nukes. And uh, D'Artagnan hopped on his motorcycle and went another way. Um, and uh, you guys are still getting away from the scene of the crime. It seems like you guys got a pretty clean getaway. Mouse and Boomer had time to look through the random crates you grabbed to cover your crime. Uh, and you guys found a significant amount of uh, cyberware and some bioware stuff. And uh, also, Mouse was able to decrypt the location that the uh, Project Zoria uh, shipment was going to. Uh, and it appears that Project Zoria is at the bottom of Lake Washington. Uh, you guys, uh, as you're all making your getaway, uh, D'Artagnan does send a message to all of you saying, like, you know, uh, double check, make sure that you don't have any, um, anyone following you and uh, meet back at the kennel. As soon as possible. Roger that. And uh, I'm going to keep an eye out in case anybody's trying to follow us. Uh, go ahead and roll perception. What's everyone else up to? Um, I'm taking us to Red Hot, the Red Hot Nukes clubhouse until um, Magnitude tells me otherwise. Yeah, you did send him a message about stashing a hellhound, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't get too far into Redmond before uh, uh, you get like a message from magnitude being like you're you're fragging with me nope and then he waits for a minute and then is like this address <laughs> <laughs> i go there and uh the mark six cloaks and meets us there we drive in our sprinter van right right the uh the <laughs> so you pull up uh you see magnitude in front of like uh in front of a garage uh and you pull up in what looks like a cargo van of some sort and uh and and he like looks at you and is like what the frag yeah he, he apparently brought some boys to take a look at it he's got like four guys with him wait for it i'll step out of the vehicle and then look, smiling at him take my hand off uh, as soon as nim removes her hand from the vehicle the illusion fades and uh the cab of a mac hellhound uh appears and uh they're all like oh and they run up and like immediately like pop the hood pop the hood i do uh they're checking it out climbing around they see like the dead bodies and the blood in the hell <laughs> 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 and uh and magnitude's like do you need me to take care of these yeah that's probably for the best uh and then uh, someone's like what the frag happened to the back where's the rail drones we had to do a thing to the back y you know how it goes I point to Nim. She took it clean off. 
And then uh, someone's like, what? With what? Oh, you know, magic. All right, right on. <laughs> Bumbles, who's the new girl? Uh, this is Nim. Nim Hi. is the new member of Crash 3.0. Uh, <laughs> I'll roll my eyes. <laughs> Man, she would go crash 3.0, eh? I yeah. like it. I like it. <laughs> right? You get it. We're on the same wave, like, same wavelength magnitude. And uh, yeah, um, they load up the. They're like, all right, well, let's get in the garage quick. And they, you guys, load it up. Um, and then magnitude says, uh, "So, uh, what's your what's your plan with this thing? What are you gonna do?" Well, I've thought long and hard about how to turn it into a submarine, but that is unfortunately not quite practical. <laughs> long and hard meaning like five minutes on the drive. <laughs> like, it's in a lake. Let me think. <laughs> I can think about a lot of things in five minutes. <laughs> uh, so I am sadly going to have to sell this magnificent beast. Sell, you say? <laughs> if you're in the market. Think I might be. <laughs> Let me take a look. And he does a show of like checking the tires and <laughs> and like you know looks at like the the split hy- uh, hydraulics on like the back where the cab got ripped off and everything. And he like is nodding and he's like, oh, I'll give you eighty eight and a half. That sounds good. All right, yeah. I mean, she's got some good mods on her, so and we got we got the parts to put some drones together to get those rails back in place. Uh, and this will be a hell of a, an addition to the fleet. Yes, it will. Uh, I can't wait to see this thing rolling around Redmond. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he sends you eighty-eight thousand five hundred Nuyen. Cool. Uh, and then they get to work like you know, messing with the electronics and taking the, the license plate away and, you know, repurposing this thing so it can't be traced. They're scrubbing off all the Evo logos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's Bumbles and Nim. Anyone else up to anything? I got a three in my perception. Uh, yeah, you're, you're keeping a lookout. You guys went uh, down into uh, Renton. And uh, you're kind of doing like a, a dipping down all the way into Auburn and then you turn around and like move your way back up towards Bellevue. Uh, and you're pretty sure that there's not anyone tailing you. All right. Good. Good. I guess we just make our way back to the kennel. Um, so while we're while we're driving away, I'll do the standard cleanup of proof we were there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you scrubbed the cameras and all that. Yeah, and then I'm going to get to work on owning this PyTech. Yeah, that doesn't take you very long. You uh, you very gingerly pop the uh, the front off of it. Uh, you know, it's about the size of a deck of cards. You rework the wiring, and uh, uh, it's, you know, now it's yours, officially. Cool. You can plug it right into your deck. What is that mouse? Oh, um, it's a it's a PyTac. It's a techni- uh, a tactical sort of like DNI thing where you. Why are you making that face? Oh shh! <laughs> I know what it is. I just wanted to confirm. Thank you, mouse. Oh, you're oh, welcome. That's beautiful. Do you think Do you think Nim could help me bedazzle it? <laughs> you can do whatever you want as long as I can use it. Well. I mean, it works best oh, if it's in my deck. I. <laughs> yeah, but dazzle it. I don't care. She'll help you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, the PyTech will give you all uh, plus two to perception tests, plus one to sneaking tests. Uh, each of you can choose a combat skill and gain plus one in it. Um, and then once you guys uh, uh, purchase the refills, you guys can have the uh, uh, the basic um, 
uh, trauma mod. Uh, it's basically like a little patch you guys tape onto your chest that has a chem patch in it of any drug you want that you can have, you know, auto injected in in case something happens to you. It also adds to Mouse's firewall, which in turn adds to all of your firewalls. <laughs> Boomer, your kamikaze wears off. <laughs> Boomer falls asleep for a bit. Aw, he's so cute. <laughs> Look at his little fingers twitching. <laughs> oh, not near the gun. <laughs> I'll the try gun. to kill you. <laughs> I, I move the gun away a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, I upload some awesome footage to the Nexus. Of the heist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our faces are, you know, we don't look like us. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've edited the footage and everything, but yeah, you put, you put the heist up on the, uh, on the Nexus. <laughs> Already, like, front page. <laughs> All right, uh, what else is everyone doing before you return to the kennel? I I feel like we need to have a talk about D'Artagnan before we meet him again. Okay. I mean, he just st- stabbed a guy who had his hands up in in cold blood, someone that we didn't need to kill. Yeah, I um I can kind of see both sides of this issue. Uh on the one hand, no, you're right. We didn't need to kill him. On the other hand, if you're not us, there is sort of like a general, you know, rule of thumb when doing illegal things of this nature, which is if they have seen your face, that's a very large problem. Do I wake up for the DNI conversation? Yeah, you can you can be awake by then. Uh, Kamikaze just gives you nine stun when it wears off. Look, he's a shadow runner. It's not pretty, but it's part of the lifestyle. Bumbles is right. They see your face. Can't let him go when you're not us. We're uh, actually kind of an anomaly, just not slaying everybody. And look what we had to do. We still had to kill a bunch of people anyway. Yeah, but it's not we... ideal, but it's the reality. The the people we harmed, that was self-defense. I mean, they were coming after us. He didn't even hesitate. He, I think we need to and be what careful. What happens when he's... What happens when they start questioning him? He has no reason to look out for us. Dot was doing what any Shadowrunner honestly should do, is take care of any witnesses. I'm not saying I agree with it or I like to do it, but you got to understand he's not, he's not in Crash 3.0. He doesn't have any sort of moral standard to uphold. Right. What, what happens when he decides we're a liability? i'm just saying i'm not i i know you you've got this crazy armor and you're basically invincible and i and i get it i'm not invincible boomer i don't want to just walk in to a situation with someone who stabs people with their hands up don't worry i won't let him kill you besides if he thinks we're a liability well i think it's safe to say he becomes a liability and all bets are off. I see where you're coming from, Nim. You know, Mouse frequently stays in the car, and Boomer is an unkillable monster man on Kamikaze. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, before you joined this team, I also frequently walked into situations wearing a suit where bullets were flying and people were stabbing each other and 
kicking people across the room. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You could do what I do, which is to come up with a large series of redundancies should someone kill you that does make sure they pay for it. I don't know if that's very (laughs) helpful in this situation particularly, (laughs) but, you know, it's how I cope. Look, I know I haven't always been team oriented in the past. I, I'm, this isn't just about my own skin. I just think we should be careful with the information that we give him. And I think maybe I misjudged him the first time around. Oh, we should totally be careful. We can't trust him. I mean, you guys remember that, like, the first thing he did was, like, almost stab me to death, right? That's just... <laughs> Remember when he almost had Mouse to death? Yeah, I mean, I thought we could get over that. We weren't going to let him stab you, Mouse. I just thought that, you know, like that was something we needed to overcome. And then we could, you know, not not be BFFs, but like, you know, we could work together, have like a good working relationship and scratch his back. He scratches ours. And I think to be honest, that's a good working relationship in the shadows is not killing each other. You don't always pick your Johnson. But that's what he is. It was his job. We'd be double-crossing him if we didn't share. We'd be the bad guys. And we'd also miss out on some important leads. I think your point stands, though, Nim. We go into it with both eyes open and, you know, all the drones and stuff. Also, he's still the only one who knows where Mr. Boonin is. Yep. But as soon as we get what we need, we don't have to keep working with him. We'll Do cut we? off all ties. Do we even know that Isaac Boonin is still alive? I don't think there was a reason for him to have died. I wouldn't rule it out at this point, but... Wait, why? I agree it's not Did very he say likely. something? No, I just think he's maybe a little more unpredictable than we thought. I'm pretty sure we can handle anything that comes at us. You know, both weaponry and intrigue and very good kicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I... I me and Nim hop in the Mark 6 and go to the kennel. Also, Spot goes to the kennel. I'm driving both of them. Yep. You guys arrive at the kennel at the same time because Bumbles is coordinating it. <laughs> There's a bunch of uh, bikes parked out front. You do recognize D'Artagnan's uh, motorcycle parked out front. You guys pull up. And you go in. Yeah, we head in. Right. Uh, yeah, you walk under the uh, under the sign as the uh, poorly animated hellhounds uh, appear in a burst of flame in your AR to advertise the bar. Uh, you walk underneath them, open up the door. You see, uh, it's it's pretty much the same scene, if possibly a little more rowdy because uh, they've been dusting up with the uh, with Knight Errant. Uh, there's a couple people who have like obvious wounds. They have like cuts on their face or like there's one dude whose arm is in like a belt but like has like a bullet hole <laughs> uh, like through the forearm and he's just like wrapped like a rag around it and he's drinking with his good arm. Uh, <laughs> they all seem to be like swapping stories about like you know tricking the cops into crashing each other stuff like that. Um you guys walk in and over in the same booth he was in before, D'Artagnan is sitting there uh, and he has a, he has a, a pint of beer in front of him. He's sipping and he, he like kind of raises two fingers to wave at you. First round's on me, Chemis. Good job out there. Boomer buys around. I'd like to assess the, the room one more time before we approach. Sure. Uh, there is a, a spirit that wasn't there before. It seems to be uh, hanging out nearby one of the previously uh, identified like awakened people uh, and uh, uh, the mood you get is 
violent revelry to the max. Uh, 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 <laughs> kind of hits you in the face. Like, yeah. Uh. Um, everyone's uh, everyone's having a really good time. There's like a slight, uh, a slight like uh, wisp of a little bit of like sadness. Like maybe they lost a couple people, but they're not, you know, but they're, ha- they're drinking the wake away, you know, that kind of thing. Talking about their good stories, trying to be like positive about it. You know, they died as they lived. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead and roll a sensing. See if there's uh, anything else you pick up. Four hits. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you see people's cyberware, you see the awakened people, you see D'Artagnan has a significant amount of cyberware. And, uh, yeah, n- nothing, nothing else too crazy going on. Uh, yeah, we go sit in the booth. Okay. You guys, uh, walk up to D'Artagnan. He's, uh, he's sitting there as you guys like sit down, he raises his, his mug and he's like, cheers. Cheers, mate. And he, uh, he clings with you guys, takes a drink, sit down and he goes, you guys held your own out there. That was good. Yeah. We're pretty good at our jobs. Um, I was glad to have... You four on the team. I don't think I could have gotten a better team for that job. What did we uh, find out? He asks Mouse. Oh, um, I sent him the data packet. It looks like they're in the middle of the lake. Huh. He kind of scratches his his beard a little bit and goes, Underwater base, huh? He kind of grins and goes, Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he swipes that data into some folder in his AR and he looks at you guys again and he goes, well, we're family now, bound by battle. And you had questions about the Great Corrupter? I don't have the answers, but I can speak to my master and see if I can get you access to my home. That would be very good. It could take some time. There's a lot of bureaucracy. And like I said, I'm an outsider, so I don't have a great deal of pull. If you could... Um sort of pass along that it is, you know, not an emergency, but sort of time sensitive. Right. Well, if you have firsthand knowledge of the Corrupter, then I imagine they'd like to speak to you. That's good. That's, that's very good. So I'll, uh, I'll contact you when I have an answer on that front. Um, and regardless of if the Grandmaster sees fit to give you audience... I know what, where I'm setting my sights next. And if you four intend to go to Project Zoria and shut it down, I'm with you. Good to know. I've um, sort of been working on a plan to get to the underwater base, but uh, it's going to take me a little bit of time to build. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be busy uh, uh, speaking with the elders. Hopefully... It won't take me more than a week or so. Be in touch. Let us know if there's any way to expedite that. Of course. Oh, there is a whole bunch of, like, loot. Do you want any? No. No. I have no interest in that. This job wasn't about money for me. Um, It's about finding Echo. And thank you for helping me along on the next step. I'll be in touch. And he uh, finishes his beer, sets it down, and he, like, kind of stands up and gives you guys, like, a little bow. And then goes to leave the bar. I think we, you know, we wait until he's gone because it's awkward if you say goodbye (laughs) and then walk out next to each other. (laughs) But I think we do leave, right? No one wants to stay and hang out. 
No. No, thank you. Joe Ralu, Ralu, Ralu. <laughs> <laughs> we should go. Well, can I at least get a roadie? I mean, uh, yes. Yes, yeah. you, you can have two. I will buy you two two pints if we can leave. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I buy Boomer two pints. And you guys walk up to the bars and and uh, uh, someone like stumbling on a stool like turns and sees you guys and is like, Crash 3.0! Yeah, I give him a high five. Yeah. <laughs> yes, apparently that's our name. Yes. Uh, yeah, and you guys grab uh, grab some road beers and uh, head out. I See, drive it's us not home. illegal because I'm not driving. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys want to get into? You got you got some downtime here. Obviously, time to recover, things like that. You fill Bryn in on everything that's going down. Of course, uh, Bryn. <laughs> he he does. Uh, <laughs> seem to share Nim's concerns a little bit. He goes, yeah, that that's disconcerting. But Boomer and Bumbles do have a point. We never explicitly told this uh, D'Artagnan not to take lethal action in unnecessary terms. He's just being a an assassin, really, which is what he is. Not everyone has the backup of a very talented Decca and Technomancer to make them disappear from all public record. Uh, like I've said before in, in, in what your contacts have said, he has plenty of friends in the shadow community. So I don't, I don't think he has a reputation for betraying people that he works with at least. So you should at least be safe on that front, but, uh, keep an eye on him and maybe, maybe teach him how we do things. If he's going to be working with us, he needs to fall in line. I agree. All right. So now that that's settled, um, Brynn, if I could have the hub, and I go over to it, and I'm, like, already gesturing towards it as if I have the screens. <laughs> he, uh, he sits there and, like, crosses his arms and smiles as you sit there struggling to... <laughs> and he say, fine, I just won't tell us all about the toxic spirit that's in control of Kashmir that also had Hellion. He presses a couple buttons in his AR display, and now you have control of the hub screens. <laughs> Great, and I badoop throw uh, the very detailed photographs of the great corrupter Mark in Kashmir's room. And I tell everyone, uh, yeah, so everyone but you, Bryn, knows about Brent. the great corrupter <laughs> uh, that Dot has told us about. Um, I believe that this is the same spirit that took over Jason and has now got its claws in Kashmir. You I found this in his room. You found one of those here. Yeah, and then I, di- I stomped it a bunch after I took a picture because it seemed bad to leave. Oh, Bryn takes a seat and thinks about it and he goes, uh, Nim, you should maybe go into Kashmir's old room. Yeah. See about cleaning up the astral signatures there. And Jason's. And Jason's. Also look for any of these marks. I don't know if they bear any astral significance, but if there's one in Jason's old room... Uh, you might want to cleanse that as well. And he, like, kind of ruffles his hair a little bit and goes, all right. And this D'Artagnan, he seems to have information on this entity? Uh, he knew about it. He said his clan is very much aware of this spirit. He's talking to his masters on our behalf to arrange a meeting. He had a tattoo of protection from it. Well, I guess, uh... That thread is worth pulling. Um, all the more reason for us to try and maintain a relationship with this D'Artagnan character as long as we can. I just... Thank you, Bumbles. Uh, yeah, uh, Nim, if you could just do that when you get the chance. 
and he he kind of like gets up. I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, uh, look into underwater bases, I suppose. And then he, uh, he I have uh, some thoughts on that. <laughs> I, yeah, he goes presumably like towards his uh, his bedroom or the study. I, as he's walking out, I'll walk over to him and put my hand on his upper arm and say, Bryn, I'll take care of it." Yeah, I, I know you will. Um, just let me know what you find. Okay. And, uh, and by the way, it's Brent. What? What? <laughs> it's it's Brent. Are you saying that in the DNI? Or are you saying it out loud? <laughs> in the DNI. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, Brent goes in and, and gives uh, Nim a hug and uh, says, uh, kind of pulls back for a second, and, like puts on like a brave smile and goes, "You think you're clear of something?" And then it comes back, and then he leaves. His actual name is Brent. I... Uh, he told me. Uh, what? Uh, oh. His name is Brent? Uh, yeah, apparently uh, there was some confusion when Whitmore first brought him in. So, uh, he, and he's just been too polite to correct anybody. <laughs> so his, his real name's Brent, and I think it'd be real cool of us if all of us just started calling him that. You know, he kind of reintroduce it, you know, back to his old name. I, it's the least we could do for him. I, <laughs> I don't think that's a real name. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, he told me himself. Wait, I'm, has he not told you? I thought you two were, like, dating or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was too embarrassed. Right, because it's not a real name. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, he's even too embarrassed to tell you, Bumbles. So now I just think it'd be real cool of all of us. Just stuck on a Bryn. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go talk to Bryn. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Bumbles, I mean, if he asked to be called Brent, I mean, you got to respect his wishes, right? Yeah, I guess. I think I'm just going to go talk to my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, you do you. It just seems like it's, you know, kind of courtesy, common courtesy to call him what he asked to be called by. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I do. I have to talk to him for an unrelated thing. <laughs> I'm gonna write. I'm gonna create a matrix e like an e card, an M card, <laughs> with a big apology. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm so sorry. You know, like our deepest apologies, da, 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 da. We love and respect you so much. Da, 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 da. You it will. And for all, uh, you will always and forever be our Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Nim, Nim has tears in her eyes and she says, that's beautiful. <laughs> love mouth. <laughs> sure. And everyone else, I guess. <laughs> I send it. I sign it. I pass it around for everyone to sign. Matrix buys. <laughs> I don't think you get bubbles in the future. You do not. <laughs> I, I sign it with a winky face. <laughs> Why not? Because that's not a real name. <laughs> that's well, his real name. Bumbles isn't a real name. I mean, it's a word at least. Well, Brent is a word. It's a collection of letters, which is the definition of a word. That's not the definition of a word. You can't lie. I've seen your brain. <laughs> you know, you know, Bumbles, it's not about whether or not it's a real name or a word. It's about respect. And it's the fact about, that it's his name. Yeah. We've been so mean. Can I judge intentions on Nim? Can I roll 
con. Like, you can't. <laughs> so, so like, she, you, you definitely. I don't think you know that she's lying per se because she's really good at it. But like, you're also not stupid, <laughs> and you're like, something is going on, and you're, and you, you do have enough like understanding of your team to be like, I feel like Nim's in on it, but like. She's, it doesn't look like she is. She's being really genuine right now. Okay, I'm going to, like, just to Nim, I don't know what you did. I think it's fantastic. But Brint's not a real name. <laughs> Bumbles, just sign it. It's mean. It's from us all. Even Doc signed it. I, like, scribble. Um, I'll fix it. I think there's interference with your display. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I am actually going to talk to Brit. Yeah, yeah, you get you get there. It uh, arrives there just before you do. Uh, he's uh, he's sitting there. He's not, doesn't seem to be doing anything, like, uh, in the Matrix. He's, um, he's actually, you find him in the library. He's reading one of Whitmore's uh, uh, logs. Is it one I've read? Yeah, it's like about it's a it's about like the forming of of the first team. Oh, that's a good one. He looks up and he goes, "Oh," uh, and uh, he like closes it on his thumb. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Your name's not Brent, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Okay, that's not um, our name. That's not a real name. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> that's not really why I'm here. Um, so we found a bunch of. Cyber goo and spools of nerves and stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to go get very invasive central nervous system surgery from Doc. Uh, and I just wanted, you know, to let you know and then give you a hug because of the surgery. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he gives you a hug and a kiss and uh, he goes, well, Doc... Doc's pretty good. If he if he needs some uh, some of my sprites to like enhance his gear, just let him know to to contact me. Wait, hold on, and he presses something on his AR display and like opens it up and goes, "What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what what's going on? I don't know. I'm gonna. Is guess. that why Boomer keeps saying Brent? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I just thought he forgot my name. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks at it for a second and he goes. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what, Bumbles? Call me Brent for a bit. This is such a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> you Just know it's bad when I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Just around the team. Just keep calling me Brent. Sure. Brent. <laughs> he leaves the journal on the table and walks out with you to take you to the hatch, uh before you go into the orc underground. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I give him a kiss goodbye. It's very sweet. Mm -hmm. Bumbles, wait up. <laughs> oh, Boomer, you're going to go get work done as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm going under the knife. But Doc's good, so I'm not too worried about it. All right. Well, offer still stands. If he needs uh, if he needs any sprites, just uh, have him give me a call. I can send some through. Yeah, we'll let him know. Wait, are you guys going to go see Doc? Yeah. Yeah, I want to come Yeah, with? let's go. Hey, Nim, do you want to go to the orc underground? Uh, I got a couple things to do. I'll see you when you get back. Cool. <laughs> Bye, Brent. <laughs> Bye, you, Brent. Uh, you guys leave. He locks up the hatch behind you guys. Uh, Nim, do you go to 
the rooms? Yeah, so I want to check out Kashmir's room and Jason's old room, but I also want to take a look at each of the team's rooms. So Mouse, Bumbles, Boomer, my room, and Brin's. I want to check out a lot of rooms. Sure. Yeah, uh, you, you walk around kind of feeling out the astral. Uh, you know, it's pretty good around. Uh, you get to, well, when you go to like Kashmir's room, uh, you are hit with a bit of a background count. Uh, the, the like man around here is a little warped, a little tainted. Um, you're at like a, a minus four to all magic actions while in there. Um, it feels wrong. It feels, it, it like, it just feels perverse. Ugh. Yeah, it just kind of like seeps into like into your body. You know? I don't know what this kid did, but it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like as you get to where like Bumble's kind of like scraped away that mark, uh, it's like it gets a little heavier, a little more potent. Um, but with with some time, pretty easily you can like start to clean that astral energy and like infuse this room with like a more stable. Uh, uh, background count so that eventually you can lower that minus four down to zero. I will do that. Yeah. It takes you a little bit of time. And then, uh, through all the other rooms, everyone else's room seems fine. You eventually get to Jason Black's room, which has like dust on the handle even. And I hesitate before I go in. And then, uh, you reach out and you turn the handle. Uh, it's almost like stepping back in time. Like you, you walk in and it's like, you know, cause you were there when, when Jason turned and like you had spent time in like everyone's room. Cause you grew up in the manor, you knew every room and you knew what Jason's room looked like. And it's like exactly the same. Uh, but obviously very covered in dust. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's just like, it looks like no one's been in here since the incident. You're like the first person to step in here since Jason turned and the, the background count hits you. And, uh, it's, it's like this rush of like anger and like, and like frustration and self doubt and like all like tainted and like darkened and like, just like the seething, like is like the best way, like the air here seethes and, uh, and you can feel it. Like you, you breathe it in and it like burns and, uh, uh, yeah, you're at like a minus eight for all magic actions here. I'm going to brush some dust out of my eyes. It's dust. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I want to search the room to see if there is, is the mark. Uh, if there's any pictures of him, I want to turn them face down. Sure. Uh, yeah, there's actually, uh, like pinned up, uh, uh, by the desk there. There's, uh, pictures of him with like different members of the team, including your mother, uh, and, and your father too. Like there's pictures like, you know, just taken of like around the manor. Uh, and, uh, you take that board off of the wall and just turn it around and, uh, roll a perception test for me. Visual. Uh, go ahead and take a minus, uh, one because of the discomfort of being in this room in general. That's two hits. I'm very distracted. <laughs> it takes you some time a lot longer than you want to be in this room. You may even have to like step out for a second and get like a breath of like fresh air before you go back in and keep looking. Eventually you find, uh, uh, what seems to be like a photo album, uh, in like the bottom drawer. And, uh, and that's when you like, as you open that drawer, you like, like you get hit with like the most potent of like the energy 
and it like it like almost like burns your hand the way it feels like you, huh. you you know it's not like that's not what's happening but like it's like your your aura is like just constantly being peppered by this like by the feeling of this room and you reach in you you pick up the uh the like photo album and uh uh you know it's like clasped and you undo the clasp and you open it up and it has a bunch of like pictures like that have been taken out through taken through like all the years like since he joined the team basically you know when they were younger when you were younger all that stuff uh every single picture has everyone's faces scraped off like he had taken like a like a, a knife and just kind of like scraped the ink off of each image so that everyone's faces are just white and on the inside of the front cover of the photo album, you see etched in, probably with the same knife, uh, the symbol of the Great Corruptor. I'm going to pause and kind of take a breath and uh, close the photo album again and uh, take it down to the sitting room, to the fireplace. Sure. So I'll turn on the fireplace and um, look at the album and say... I'm sorry, Jason. I, I wish we had known for your sake as well and throw the book into the fireplace. Cool. Uh, yeah. And uh, you watch as it slowly curls up and burns and like that kind of like tingly feeling from touching it on your hand like fades with time. And then you go back up to the room and cleanse it. Yes. Cool. Yeah. You spend some time. You do it. It gets easier the more you do it. And when I'm done, I want to take one of the photos that has the whole team and put it in my pocket. Sure. All uh, right. And uh, meanwhile, in the Hi, or- underground. <laughs> so you guys walk down. Boomer, uh, no one really seems to pay mind to you. Bumbles, you get some looks as you walk through. But oh, you guys care. are with Mouse, so you're cool. <laughs> Any mean glances, I glance mean back at them. Yeah, there's only like a mean glance if they don't notice you at first, Mouse, and then they're like, all right, Mouse. Hi. <laughs> and yeah, you guys go to Doc. Uh, knock, knock, knock. Hi, Doc. <laughs> Mouse. And he, uh, he p- picks you up in a hug. He uh, sets you down and he goes, Boomer, Bumbles. Hey, Doc. What do you got there? Doc. I need new reflexes. I've got used reflexes and I don't like them. <laughs> they pull to the left. <laughs> All right. Uh, does this have to do with what you have on your back? And I flip it around, <laughs> open it up, and there's a spool of cyber wire and spines and stuff. Uh, yeah, alpha wear spinal wiring. Um, that was pretty close. <laughs> and he goes, oh, Boomer, let me see those. And uh, he takes the two crates from Boomer, opens them up, and he goes, this is high quality stuff you guys got here. And then he sits there for a second. He goes, did, did you? And he goes over, closes the shop door. Did you guys get this from Evo? Yeah. Well, then, what's the news? What do we know? Well, we're still. On they're the- under a lake. <laughs> yes. Wait. They're under a lake. Wait, like literally under? Yeah, they've got an underwater base at the bottom of Lake Washington. Huh. I'm glad everyone thinks that's as cool as I do. Are you guys, what are you going to do? Bumbles is going to build a submarine. Oh, God. What? <laughs> well, yeah. What's your plan? I, I, I guess I don't have one. I just... To be fair, it makes more sense than going into space. And well, well, all right. So 
if you're gonna go attack an underwater base, you're gonna need the best wear. So, uh, what are, what are we using up here? You need some wired reflexes. Uh, and then my control rig is also used. That one pulls to the right, and they sort of balance out, but not quite. So, <laughs> yeah, I can I can uh, with this stuff I can easily touch that up. Also, um, don't tell anyone. I've had to run the reflexes wirelessly, which seems very dumb because they're wired. Can you stick a router in my spine? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can put an internal router in. Uh, there's no reason to be ashamed, Bumbles. You know, plenty of Shadowrunners are forced to run their reflexes wirelessly. That's so dumb. It's so dangerous. It is, but you got Mouse backing you up, so there's at least that. I'm going to watch the news. Uh, Mouse, you see a news report about the attack on the Evo, <laughs> <laughs> on the Evo uh, uh, caravan uh, earlier today. <laughs> I, uh, I'd also like to get some upgrades done if you can, Doc. See, I've been hitting the gym, but my nutrition is terrible. <laughs> can you put these extra muscles in me? <laughs> also, I too would like to switch out my uh, my reflexes. Uh, just for something better. Yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can do you both up. Uh, let me see. And like, you guys kind of talk through everything you want. Uh, Bumbles, you're, uh, making your control rig, uh, and your wired reflexes not used and adding an internal router. Boomer, you're, uh, improving your, uh, muscle replacement modification as well as, uh, upgrading your wired reflexes to, uh, beta wear. He sanctions off all the stuff he needs for that. Uh, there's still a significant amount of it left. Um, and uh, and he uh, he basically says, like, all right, well, for uh, for Bumbles, you're looking at about a 18-hour procedure, and for Boomer, 26 hours. Oh, that's not bad at all. Bryn said he could send um, sprites if you give him a call. And I can help... But also, how much money could we get for that rest of that stuff? For all the rest of the stuff? Yeah. A lot. Cool. Can I have it? It's your guys' stuff. Cool. Bye. I pack it up and I go sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Doc can, like, appraise it and, like, forward you the money because he'll just, like, use most of it and then sell the rest. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what are you What are you planning on doing with all that money? And then I'm gonna go sell my deck. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy a new one. Sure. All right. So I think you're a little busy for at least Bumbles' procedure. Uh, uh, so you can't really help out Doc during that. But yeah, you uh, you get enough from the from the money, or you get enough money from selling uh, all of the supplies and selling your deck that you can definitely buy the next uh what you're going for the Shiwaze. Shiwaze five? Yeah. Yeah, you have enough and there's like eight thousand left over after all that. Yeah, I give the rest to Boomer. Cause he keeps on not taking money and I think that's silly. Well I don't need it. I got a salary. I gave it him anyway. Happy birthday. Action. Oh how'd you know it was my birthday? <laughs> what? It's your real birthday? Yeah. happy birthday well thank you i think you're the first person to ever say that Aw, 
Bumbles, you're in the operating room. Doc is like, you know, scans you, you know, sterilizes everything. And as he's doing, he's grumbling, like, I need a sprite. I don't need any sprites. I mean, he didn't say need sprite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show him a sprite. <laughs> they say never do surgery angry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, 18 hours later, uh, Doc wheels Bumbles into the recovery room, puts his unconscious body in the uh, in the astral healing tank. Uh, so Bumbles is floating there with a re- uh, in, in a <laughs> in a tank with a uh, respirator, feeding him uh, feeding him air and uh, an IV, feeding him nutrients, uh, and he's just kind of floating there in this like green bubbly goop. He looks so weird. I love it. His hair looks like he's like a mermaid. His hair looks amazing floating around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's just got like scars all up and down his body as his entire re- nervous system was replaced. <laughs> uh, but uh, you wa- you like over the course of time, like you can watch as like those scars like supernaturally heal and leave no mark. Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, while that's going on, Boomer gets put under and, uh, uh, Boomer, as you, as you get put under, uh, Doc, uh, you know, is washing his hands and he's grumbling like sprites. Why would I even need sprites? It's not like I've been doing this my whole life. <laughs> he's just offering if you judge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, before Boomer's out of surgery, actually, Bumbles, uh, you wake up. Uh, you're no longer in the tube. You get you get pulled out of there before you uh, <laughs> uh, before you become conscious again. Great. Um, I'm drawing up the plans to turn the limousine into a submarine. Cool. Uh, ordering the parts. Yeah, you get you get uh, a couple hours of that before Doc uh, wheels Boomer over into the tank, uh, which he has drained and like refilled, and uh, uh, he like sets Boomer up, and like you're in the you're basically also in the recovery room, you know, like on a bed nearby the tank, uh, and he like turns and he sees you like working in AR, and he goes, "What are you doing?" I'm. Drawing a submarine. What? A submazine. <laughs> no working. Total bed rest. Fine. I read seven books at once. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he goes up to the house. He's like, monitor Bumbles' his th- stuff. Make sure he's not working on any designs or anything. Okay. If you need to, break his RCC. <laughs> okay. I'm in the rare position if someone doesn't understand how my stuff works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you can see that Bumbles is just reading books, which is, yeah, Mm -hmm. good enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I start reading one for Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, yeah, uh, Bumbles within, on day four of this whole ordeal, you are 100% healed and good to go. Um, and Boomer actually, before you're done, Bumbles, Boomer on day two of this ordeal, Boomer is up and, and walking. I'm uh, actually bringing him drinks and well, <laughs> water and crackers and stuff. Yeah. Water and crackers. If you tried to bring him drinks, Bo- Doc would smash it to the ground. <laughs> no. Respect the healing process. I didn't order this cocktail. <laughs> no, that one's for me. It's a mocktail. <laughs> uh, Nim, a couple days into all this, everyone's hanging out in the Orc Underground. You uh, you wake up to the fire alarm going off in the uh, in the manor, and uh, and uh, like 
the like security lights are all on. <laughs> Shit. Bryn? Bryn? No response from Bryn. I will run and check his room. Uh, it's overturned, um, and uh, there's, a, there's actually a small fire uh, in like the corner of the room. Uh, that's setting off the fire alarm. It looks like his like desk is like partially charred and uh, burning. Does it look like a fire I can put out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, I'm gonna put it out then if it's not engulfing the whole room. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you 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 frag like... frag <laughs> frag fire, and no sign of Bryn anywhere, uh, and the the fire alarms are still going off. How do I cut these things? Where's how does he just does it with his mind? Ah. <laughs> uh, you wander around the. Uh, uh, I'll check the hub next. Yeah, yeah. You you go down into the hub, and uh, as as you get down there, I'm gonna say, Bryn, and poke the door and have be on my guard. Yeah, all of the lights are off in the in the hub. So you're like walking into darkness. You got low light vision though, so like. It's it's all right, but like it's still kind of masked. And as you're getting there, you can hear like the underwater like uh, river like coursing through, and and like you can see like the slight glow of the hub screens. Want to cast increased reflexes? <laughs> <laughs> as you get to the hub, it uh, it boots up and uh, it says "nimmed" on it. <laughs> God. Damn, giving me a heart attack. And right as you say that, uh, this giant douse of water comes from above, just <laughs> just pours directly on you as if maybe the waterfall has been rerouted to where you're standing. <laughs> all right, I guess I deserve that. <laughs> and the lights all come on, and 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 uh, Bryn is uh, sitting there laughing. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha <laughs> he's giggling and he's like brint though brint <laughs> yeah boomer's an easy mark i gotta say um and uh he like you know pulls like uh, uh presses a couple buttons in his ar and like the the thing that was like channeling the water over to where you were like closes shut and everything and he's laughing uh and he like tosses you a towel <laughs> and um uh, he, he, uh, he's like, that was a good one. That was a good one. I, I forgot uh, what it's like having you around. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I had to do something to liven it up around here. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know what they say? All work and no play. Yeah. Something about creepy children in hallways or something. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know where that one comes from. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he goes, but, uh, I didn't just come here to Pour a waterfall on top of you. Oh? Uh, no, I actually have something for you. Uh, I just had to wait to give it to you until after I was done fucking with you. <laughs> and You uh, realize you set your desk on fire, right? Yeah, it's all right. I never liked that desk anyways. Oh, okay. I already got a new one on the way. <laughs> and uh, he goes uh, he goes over um, and uh, grabs something that he has set aside. It's a, it's a wooden box, uh, <clears throat> like ornate engravings on it and everything. And uh, he opens it up and there's uh, a set of earrings and a matching ring. Uh, the ring is kind of plain, but it seems to have like some sporethial like engraving on it. Just like one sporethial character. And uh, uh, he like pulls that one out first before the, uh, the earrings. And uh, he goes, this belonged to your mother. Where, where did you get that? Uh, I've, I've had it for a bit. Some of her, some of her old, Stuff is still around here. 
uh, not all of it got sent back home. Um, some of them are, you know, are still here. And, uh, well, this, you know, it's, it's dangerous out there. And, and, uh, this saved our ass more than a few times. And yeah, he, uh, he sets it in your hand, uh, and a quick ascents can tell you that this is a rating for counterspelling focus. Um, which, uh, the weird thing is as soon as he sets it in your hand, it instantly binds with you. Uh, you don't have to spend any karma. You now just have a bound rating for counterspelling focus. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then he goes, um, so I've, I've had this for a bit, but I wanted to get these beforehand. Uh, and he, uh, he pulls, uh, he pulls up the, the earring set. Um, and he goes, one of these is mundane. Uh, but the other one, and these, these actually match. They're like, they're like plain, simple metal, kind of like curved. So they like hang just below your earlobe. Uh, and they also have Sparethial characters engraved on them. So they kind of match the ring. Uh, and, uh, he, he's like, but this one, he sets it down. He goes, uh, this is, uh, an adept, um, key focus. Uh, it's got, uh, uh, once you bind with it, you should get a, what did, your friend Donnie say, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a mystic armor. Oh, so you can, uh, hopefully be a little more safe out there. You know, she always used to hate it when I would play dress up with her stuff. Well, uh, you know, your, your mother did have a lot of folk eye, um, and, uh, that can be a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, I guess looking back now, she was just trying to keep me safe, but you know, Lariel was always incredibly strong-willed, and uh, uh, she used a great deal of foci to help us out. And uh, I know there's some some inherent dangers in that, but I feel like you can pull through. And if you have any problems, you just let me know. Thanks, Bren. I I didn't I didn't know that this was still around. It it means a lot to to have some of it. Yeah, it was hard to sit on it this long, but uh, I had to wait for the other foci to finish being crafted. And he gives you a hug. I'll hug him back. And he's like, oh, you're wet. <laughs> yep. And I hug him tighter. <laughs> no. This is all your fault. Uh, Bumble's on day three of your recovery. Uh, Boomer and Mouse are hanging out. Uh, you hear the shop door open up. Uh, and uh, then the recovery room door opens. And from your bed, you don't see anybody. Uh, but then you kind of like lift your head up and look and you see, uh, a small ghoul child, um, uh, early teens, uh, run up and like jump up to your bed, uh, aches a little bit when he hits you and he, and he's like, hello, Mr. Bundles, man. Hi, well, big. <laughs> <laughs> You're on my recent surgery. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he lets go and he goes, hello, mouse. Hi. And Big Red Man. Hey, Welly. Doc told me that you would be here for a few days, so I thought I'd come and say hi. So hi. Well, I'm so glad you did. I have not seen you in almost a year. I know. It's been a long time. We've been uh, really busy. I've been busy, too. Doc taught me how to read. Oh, did he now? Yeah. What's your favorite story? The story of the Zunukwa. (laughs) That's cool. The friendly neighborhood Zunukwa. Do you want me to read it to you? I think Bumbles would really like that. <laughs> sure. And uh, he reads four times over a uh, children's story about the friendly Zunu Kwa, uh, an HMHVV infected uh, troll who just wanted to be friends with everybody. Uh, and, they, and then all of, the, all of the people kicked him out 
and he was sad. And then he saw all the mean Zunuqua that were terrorizing people, so he killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> this book takes a turn at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was the friendly Zunuqua because he killed all the mean Zunuqua. I mean, Look at the pictures. They're very, very graphic. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> That's more organs than you expect in a picture book. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's my favorite. <laughs> I can see why. And uh, yeah, Welby hangs out with you for the next couple of days of your uh, recovery. At some point, I offer Bumbles and, and, and Boomer peanut butter and pickle cookies. I learned how to make cookies without burning them. I think they'll go over better than the apple vinegar fritters. <laughs> I try them. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> They're not burnt. <laughs> she successfully has figured out how to cook cookies. Bo Boomer has shown her enough in the kitchen that she can now cook cookies without burning them. These are food. <laughs> yeah. Do you want more? I actually don't hate these. <laughs> it takes another bite. Okay, cool. Here you go. Around the evening of day three, I guess Nim, you get uh, you get a contact on one of your Metalinks, and it's uh, it is Maria Silva's phone number. Hello, Sibylline. It's Detective Silva. Oh, glad to hear that you're still okay. Uh, yeah, I uh, I wanted to actually see if I could arrange to meet with your team. Uh, I have some intel, and honestly, I think uh, the force has brought me about as far as they can. They don't really like me continuing to look into this stuff, so I think I need a Shadowrunning team. Yes. Uh, yeah, we definitely would be interested in helping out on that. Great. Um, I feel like the trail's going to go cold, so how about we meet tomorrow? I know you four know where my apartment is. <laughs> No, that was, uh, yeah, we can meet there. Excellent. Okay. Meet, meet at like two in the afternoon. Uh, we'll see you then. I'd also like to, after I get off the phone with her, like to call Donnie. Hey, Nimarino. Hey, Donnie, how's it going? Oh, uh, you know, same old, same old, working at the shop, uh, not doing anything that I shouldn't be telling you about. Okay. No Donnie. secrets I'm keeping. Oh, yeah. No, I thank you. I appreciate the the earrings. The, oh, the oh. Oh, so so your friend mentioned me. Yeah, you know, I didn't do I, you know, it took a lot for me to make them, but you're welcome, you know, you're one of my best customers, so. Yeah, they're they're great work. You do, you know, you're just you're fantastic at your job, Donnie. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I guess, you know, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> that, yep. I yeah, I did. Anyway, um, so things are getting, you know, I'm not going to say serious, but you know, maybe, uh, they're not so casual over here anymore. And oh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, if your if your boyfriend's going to buy you a, a uh, focus ew, like that. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> this is gross. He's not my boyfriend. That's disgusting. Let's just, I thought you just said on. it was it was veering away from casual. <laughs> oh no. I meant like, you know, with shadow running wise, like. The seriousness of the situation, you know? Uh, the, sure. Anyway. I'm definitely following what you're saying. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> the, the point is, I, I think I, I need a few new spells. Oh, well, I can hook a sister up. What you got? Something that does a little damage, maybe? 
Sure. I got. Uh, I got. Let me. Let me look at my formula here. I got a. I got a lightning bolt. I got a. I got yeah. like an acid stream. I got. Mm, no. I got Not a, acid. Never acid. No, <laughs> no acid. I got a napalm. I got a. <laughs> what's wait? What's what's the napalm? Oh, it's uh, it's like it's like fire water. Yeah, I could do some Greek fire. We could do that. Sure. Yeah, I can. Uh, I, I, same address as uh, as I've been sending the reagents to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sure. I can. I can do that one right up. That's gonna cost you like two thousand. All right. Then yeah, that sounds about fair. Um, what about what if I buy in bulk? Could you do a discount if I got another one? What do you want? I'm no decker. You know, I I, I got like a a bug scanner and stuff, but you know, in case I need to to try and take down any drones or, you know, mm-hmm. anything that And you don't and you don't want a lightning bolt. You want something no. a little more a little a little more finesse. Right. You know yeah, I got me. I got something. Yeah, there's not, a, not really a lightning bolt kind of girl. There's a good old spell hit the market about last year called uh Pulse. Just a big ass EMP. Magical EMP. Oh, I like that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, sure. I'll give it to you for fifteen hundred. Okay. I can do that. All right. I'll uh, send them up. Uh, and then, you know, your call pops up with like a little, a little invoice and you pay the money and, uh, he's like, yeah, there's, I can get those on one of the, one of the automated deliveries you should get it by tomorrow. Thanks, Donnie. I, I really appreciate it. Also, just to be clear, Bryn is not my boyfriend. He's hey, not. Hey, you know, I don't judge already, whatever arrangement no, you two have. I, if you're comfortable with it, not, I'm comfortable with it. There's nothing sexual, <laughs> like zero. <laughs> uh, gross. Now I'm thinking about it. That's disgusting. Okay. Uh, I gotta go. Think about something else. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he hangs up. And uh, yeah, do you, you tell the team about Maria Silva? Yes, I will. I will shoot a DNI message to everyone saying that Maria wants to meet tomorrow. Oh, Bumbles well, Boomer, right. how are you guys doing? You think you'll make it? I feel great. Yeah, it's uh, I need time to fix my cars, but that should be fine. I don't think talking to her will take too long. Not what I meant. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll be ready. It's fine. I feel so much more limber. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're. You're. Uh, uh, the next day, Bumbles, you get a little checkup by Doc. He's, you know, tapping your knees, and they're actually responding to the to the tap. And he's like, "Yeah, it's, seems. Uh, seems like you're pretty good. Uh, you're clear to leave, Bumbles. Great. I leave. I have a lot of work to do on my cars. Goodbye, Mister Bumbles, man. Goodbye, Welby. Bye, Welby. Such a violent book. <laughs> <laughs> it's one in a series of eight. I must have the other seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Bumbles, you're finishing up on day number four, which is the day you guys are meeting Maria Silva at two in the afternoon. So uh, you have a, like, a little bit of time to maybe like heal up a couple boxes off of spot, but he's going to be a little banged up as you go to, to meet with her. Okay. Go ahead and roll uh, automotive mechanics. Let's see how much you can get in the little bit of time you have. And since you're doing this in your garage, you get a plus two. Uh, one hit. Okay. Uh, yeah. You you uh, you you go to work on spot, and like you're actually it's taking you a little while to get used to your new reflexes. Uh, like you go to reach for something and you just smack it off the table <laughs> and then like you go to like slide under spot and you push yourself all the way to the other side of them. And it's like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, it's like everything that was kind of like second nature. Like you could just walk around with your eyes closed and like handle everything in your, in your shop and fix spot up. No problem. But like, because you're like 
slightly awkward most of that time is just you getting zeroed in um so like once you're once like all you manage to get done is like healing one box on spot but then after that you're like all right i have a feel for it and uh you're like feeling like you you have full control of your reflexes now and uh yeah everyone piles into spot and heads to maria silva's yep i bring back to via one because it's nice and two because it looks less suspicious I will put on the face that I used when we met in the cold soy creamery. Sure. Uh, yeah. Nim shifts back into that uh, into that disguise. And uh, you guys show up to uh, Maria Silva's place in southern Renton, uh, right on the border of like Auburn and Renton. Old semi-complete skyscraper being that's been refurbished into a bunch of uh, apartments. Uh, you, uh, you see that it currently has some construction going on. Uh, like there's like scaffolding leading up to like the 20th floor. Uh, uh, she lives on the 60th floor and there's like 10 more floors above her. Um, the apartment remains as unremarkable as it was before. Uh, you know, the you go up and the security hasn't been improved. Uh, and, um, you know, the like little small lobby, uh, is, unattended and dank as ever <laughs> i actually ring the buzzer this time to let her know that we're there uh there's a slight pause you see like a camera click on i will smile and wave and clicks off and then and you guys can uh walk on in cool i'm gonna still do all the due diligence of the, the loopy loop of the, yeah. the cameras yeah sure and like control the elevator and all that yeah cool yeah, so you you guys step in the elevator. Can I just matrix perception in general? I know that it was really just full of normie garbage earlier, but is there anything around that's yeah, go new ahead. or interesting? I mean, go ahead and roll a matrix perception test. Okay. The, the last thing I want is to be surprised by Lone Star just being like, hey. <laughs> okay, you get... Uh, the normal spattering of stuff. You do get like some new things, like some power tools from the construction. Uh, and, uh, nothing, nothing jumps out as remarkable. There's some decks some of them are okay. Some of them are bad. Uh, nothing, nothing stands out as remarkably different from the last time you were here. Okay, cool. And you guys jump in the elevator and it's all rickety on the way up to the 60th floor. And then bing, shh, and you're uh, in Maria Silva's uh, hallway, and you guys knock on the door? Or? When we get to the door, I'd like to ascend sure. just before we knock, to especially to look for the same energy that I saw coming from the symbol in Kashmir's room and in Jason's room. Sure. Go ahead and roll a sensing. Four hits. Uh, yeah. You scan the room. Um doesn't seem like there's much different from the last time you were here. Uh, you get like just kind of like the the tranquility of like home from all the apartments with like some, you know, some disappointment, some happiness, that kind of like just general living fare as far as emotions go. You definitely don't have like darkness and burning and evil uh, seeping out of anywhere. Uh, you, you do see like the couple rooms that had mana barriers that had them before, uh, that kind of stuff. But nothing seems uh, unusual. I will knock on the door. There's a little bit of a pause and uh, the door opens up and uh, Detective Maria Silva uh, of Lone Star stands on the other side of the door. And uh, 
Uh, she's like, all right, get in quick. I don't want people seeing Shadowrunners showing up on my doorstep. Oh, We're don't not worry. Shadowrunners. We're your friends. That's why I brought this beer. She goes, Boomer <laughs> winks. All right. It's Boomer, right? We go in. I don't know. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't worry. We, we wiped the cameras. Yeah. And she, she shuts the door, locks it, and she goes, so, all right. Well, first off, a pl- pleasure to meet all four of you. Uh, Boomer. Uh, there's, uh, the fridge is, you probably know, down that hallway. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I brought your favorite. Excuse me? I know from when last time I was here. <laughs> Boomer, you don't need to say, uh. She I kinda, was trying to be nice. <laughs> she kind of laughs. I know. And she's like, thanks. And, and then she goes, okay. And then, well, we have Bumbles and Mouse. Yeah. Like sit on a couch. She has a couch, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, in front of like a, a like four-year-old trig projector. Uh, and, uh, you know, you have to like brush some of like the, the uh, crumpled up stuffer shack like bag away so you can like sit down on it. Uh, and she goes and uh, uh, sits in, a, in like the rickety old lazy boy chair next to the couch. Uh, and she goes, all right, well, uh, I'm glad we're all finally meeting together for the first time. Uh, I'll get right to the point. My superiors at Lone Star, they've basically, uh, a while back before I even met you, told me to stop looking into Zachariah's uh, death, saying it was pretty clean cut. He was just a dirty cop. Um, And so uh, everything I've been doing has been more or less off the books. Uh, But now I have a lead, and I don't have the resources of Lone Star to help me. Uh, I believe... Uh, I have a line on D'Artagnan, uh, and she pulls up like, uh, and she presses a couple buttons and like the Tridio projector shows like the news feed of the, of the, uh, the Evo caravan being knocked down. And she's like, you, you may have seen this on the news. Uh, I think D'Artagnan was involved. Uh, uh, some of the markings around the scene, um, Within like 15 minutes of the uh, of the attack, someone saw you know eyewitnesses saw a dwarf on a motorcycle driving around uh, with a with a katana on his back. I think I think it's it's worth looking into. I've got a question: Was uh, Zachariah awakened? Y- yes, yes, he was. I thought you brought us here because of your investigation into the Great Corrupter. I haven't been able to bring up anything on that, but then I saw this news feed and I thought, you know, this is, this is the chance. This is our chance to find him. Okay. What do you want us to do? Uh, I, I figure we start asking around first. He had to be laying low somewhere, maybe somewhere in the area. I'm thinking, uh, he couldn't have gotten further than Renton or Bellevue. So if you look around that area, uh, see if there's any, been any sightings of his motorcycle, um, and maybe you can get someone to flip in like, and, and tell where, where he's been staying in that area. I don't think he went back to Redmond just based on the trajectory of the eyewitness reports. Maria, you know that all of the intel we've gathered so far indicates that D'Artagnan was not there when Zachariah was killed. But... Either way, he's still our only lead to the Mazashi clan. Um, why did you ask about Zachariah? What does that have to do with anything? Well, um, sort of our investigation has led to this great corrupter who we believe corrupts awakened folk and leads them to do bad and evil things. He didn't, like, throw a bunch of radiation around in his final days, did he? What? 
No, Zachariah was a, a kind man. He wouldn't... Look, Maria, there's not an easy way to say this, but he bore the mark of the Great Corruptor. Uh, what is, I, I looked everywhere around for this Great Corruptor. There's no signs in anything. I, I tapped all of my magical contacts. None of them have heard anything like this. I mean, what you're describing sounds like a toxic spirit, but I've never heard of one known as the Great Corruptor. Well, um, we have. Can you pull up the photos of the photos of his death? Yeah. Uh, and she presses a couple buttons in her AR, spreads out like the crime scene photos. That, that, that one. And she looks at it and she goes, this, this burn. You're saying this is the mark. Yep. Well, what does this have to do with anything? It's still, we still, the only lead we have to his death is the people who killed him, the Masashi clan. If he had that mark, it's likely that, that he was corrupted. I know. I know you don't want to hear it. I know he was your partner. We just, we've... So, what we've sort of found in our preliminary investigation is that if he was corrupted or latched onto by this toxic spirit, it does seem that the Masashi clan might have killed him for that. Do you think they have knowledge of the this corrupt where where are you guys getting this intel from for the great corrupter uh everyone can roll an audio perception test for me at a minus two as y'all are distracted but our tech net's still up right i don't think i have it on at the moment (laughs) two hits uh i got three hits four hits five hits boomer and mouse as uh as all this like talking is going on you do hear like a the elevator in the hallway go, which isn't like ominous or anything. You guys just, you, you hear it and you don't like completely dismiss it as like background noise. You just notice like, Oh, someone's in the hallway. Uh, and then mouse, you hear right outside Maria's door and then you hear, and you have time for one simple action before everyone rolls initiative. You like get that, like feeling up the back of your neck. Like something's about to go down. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to like, Flip a switch in my AR real quick mm-hmm. uh, and turn on the PyTac. Okay. So you turn on the PyTac. Everyone, your uh, your <laughs> tactical display from uh, from Mouse's PyTac comes up. Uh, you get, like, the biomonitor of everyone. You get the enhanced, like, weapon information for everyone's weapons. Uh, and right as that happens, there's a... Uh, as the hinges of this door are blown out. And it goes flying into the into the hallway, and I uh, need everyone to roll a surprise test for me, which is reaction and intuition. Mouse, you get a plus three to this because you were forewarned. I got two. That's four hits for Nim. I got five. Six. Okay. Um, now everyone can roll initiative. Boomer, you are surprised, so whatever you roll for your initiative, subtract ten from it. The door blows open. <laughs> And I have a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Did anyone get above 20? I did. What'd you get? I got 24. Me too. Yeah, initiative buddies. <laughs> anyone get above 15? 10? 13. Nim, what did you get? <laughs> I got an 8. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Um, the door and like smashes up into the hallway you see it uh like dent the the wall there and fall to the ground 
uh, and then immediately following that, two uh, canisters fly into the hallway. One bounces to the left towards the kitchen. One bounces to the right towards you guys. And smoke starts coming out of them. Um, as the smoke is starting to fill, it's not like completely uh, filled up the room at this point. Uh, you see um, laser sights in the hallway uh, moving and then uh, someone turns around the corner looking towards the kitchen and at simultaneously someone turns around the corner looking right towards you guys. Uh, and uh, Boomer, they shoot at you. Um, because you are surprised, you do not get a defense test uh, unless you want to spend a point of edge. It doesn't save your initiative, but you can spend a point of edge if you want to roll a defense test. Otherwise, you can just take it. All right, I'll spend that point of edge. All right, cool. You can roll your defense test. Three. All right, Boomer, you are hit. This guy gets a pretty clean shot on you. You are resisting 13 damage at minus seven armor piercing. I'm going to spend another point of edge because that hits a lot. Sure. I soak it all. You soak it all? Yeah. Nice. Uh, Boomer, you get hit. It digs into your armored jacket, um, kind of tearing at the at the like Kevlar, um, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't hit you like with a full impact. You manage to like turn your body in a way that it just cut through the like armor plating instead of your body. Uh, and you kind of like spin around. Uh, this guy, um, you get a good look at him. He's wearing like security, like mi- military security armor, uh, but not like mil spec hardened armor. Um, and he's got a big old machine gun he's shooting at you with. Uh, Bumbles and Mouse, it's your turn. We're 60 floors up, yeah? Yes. How long will it take the swarm to get here? A while. Uh, it will probably take them 12 initiative passes to get up there. From, from ground floor to uh, 60th floor. Uh, I'm going to duck behind Boomer and start putting together my drum. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll an armor test for me. Uh, Mouse, what were you doing? Okay, so tell me if I am wrong. Um, Boomer just got shot. There's smoke filling the room. And then there's... A minimum of two people in the apartment, other than Silva and us. Yes. Okay. And these guys don't seem like Lone Star? They do not look like Lone Star. Cool. Cool, cool. They're definitely Uh, not wearing Lone Star badges. Okay, so I'm going to give Nim five initiative points. All right, using the PyTech. Using the PyTech. And then I'm gonna run up and sword punch this guy. I'm gonna edge it. Roll blades. You're pre, you're pre-edging it. <laughs> right. You do get a plus uh, a plus one for charging. Oh, nice. Okay. Five hits. A mouse. The gunshot goes off. Uh, you um, get like a sense of the like situation. Um, and you like you you quickly identify this smoke as uh, thermal smoke uh, due to your your PyTac, and you share that information uh, with the class, and um, and then you squeeze your fist, glitter pops out, the sword, 
and you go running up and uh, and you stab at the guy. He knocks it away with uh, his rifle. Um, you slash again, and like he he tries to catch it with his rifle, but he doesn't quite block it on like directly. And uh, and then your slash gets into the meat of his arm, and like you pull it along, kind of scraping it along his rifle. And there's a like slash along his arm, a nice deep cut. Uh, uh, and he like lets out a shout and goes stumbling back. What does Spot see? Like does Spot in the swamp see like a bunch of black vans? No. Okay. Boomer, your turn. Alright, so I see Mass is handling the guy that shot at me. Cool. So I'm gonna charge the other guy, leap over the table, and tackle him. And I try to get him to a clinch. Alright, go ahead and roll gymnastics to clinch this guy. Seven. You get three net hits. You kind of jump up onto the coffee table, leap over Mouse and this other guy who are struggling, uh, and uh, uh, just grab the other guy in a headlock and, like, pull him down. Uh, You drop to, like, one knee. He, like, struggles you back up to, like, kind of a crouched position, uh, but you have him, like, wrapped up in a clinch. Every time he tries to take a step, you, like, you drop your foot in front of him and, like, kick his leg back into position. And then he takes eight stun damage for my shockwave. Okay. Uh, he gets a little zap. Uh, seems to like he. It doesn't seem to like really jolt him or like knock him around or anything. Uh, but uh, he definitely feels it. Nim, your turn. I would like to recklessly spell cast. Okay. Um. So I want to first cast uh, increase reflexes. Okay. And I will cast that at force one, but use reagents to set the limit to four. Okay. Yes, I get four hits. All right, cool. Uh, so you get an additional two dice for your initiative. Go ahead and roll those. And your static initiative goes up by four. That's a ten. And I just barely resist all the drain for that. Okay. Uh, you clutch your your uh, bracelet focus for your improved reflexes. Uh, you channel the magic through it. It takes hold. There's a bit of a lashback, but you brush it off as you do what else? As I cast Agony on the guy that is uh, embroiled with Mouse at the moment. Okay. Go ahead and roll that. And I'd like to cast that at Force 4, but use Reagents to set the limit to 7. Sure. That's 6 hits. Uh, you, uh, you swipe your hand away from your uh, focus and channel... Uh, uh, your illusion magic into your into your palm and and flick it up into the air, uh, sending the astral energy to that person who's fighting Mouse. Um, it racks his body with artificial pain. You do feel a slight bit of resistance as you do, but you shatter through it. You feel like he might be un- under some sort of spell protection. Um, however. Uh, Mouse, this guy who you just like dragged the knife or the sword across his arm, he like has been like, you know, he stumbled back like and seemed like he was going to regain his footing and try to like butt you with his rifle. And instead he drops his rifle, grabs his head and falls to his knees and starts screaming in pain and just like becomes like completely incapacitated uh, as he's like writhing on the ground in pain. And I resist the drain. Uh, And that magical backlash comes again and you weather through it. Nim, it's your turn again. Uh, so this guy is incapacitated on the ground, holding his head and screaming. Yes. And Boomer has the other guy clinched. Yes. 
I'd like to cast Mana Bolt at the guy that Boomer has clinched. Okay. I'll cast it at 4-6. Okay. That's six hits. And I resist the drain. Okay. Did you do that recklessly or? No, that was just, that's all I'm doing. Okay, cool. Uh, so after flicking the magical energy at uh, at the one guy, you feel the rush as your, as your improved reflexes spell uh, gets you enough gusto to then with your other hand uh, uh, grab like a, a ball of like magical energy and turn it into like a beam and shoot it through that guy's aura. Um, it hits him hard. Uh, Boomer, this guy you have in a clinch, uh, you feel him like convulse and like uh, and like some blood shoots out of his nose, um, but uh, uh, he is still struggling against you a little more weakly now than before. Hold on, hold on, I got him. Uh, and he is going to try and break out as uh, Mouse. You look through the bursted open door into the hallway and you see uh, two more guys drop down to their knees and uh, like get cover against the wall and they both fire at you. So the first one is four hits, and the second one was three hits. Uh, Mouse, you managed to uh, duck down and move uh, to avoid the first shot, but then you're hit with the second shot. Um, I need you to resist 11 damage at minus seven armor. <laughs> that's, that's, that's five hits. Five hits? Yes. All right, so you take six physical damage as one of the bullets goes through your leg. Oh. It's, a, it's a through and through, and it just gets meaty parts. So it hurts a lot, but it's not going to be super permanent damage, and it's not vital. My physical limit is four. You drop to the ground. I fall over again. <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, Mouse, you feel... Uh, you fall to the ground, and you feel... Uh, someone grab you and pull you and uh you you you're kind of sat up uh like wincing through the pain and you see maria silva has pulled you entirely behind cover and she's pressed up against the wall with her with her pistol out bumbles (laughs) your turn okay um do i i don't roll again to continue assembling right you do okay um in addition to that um spot and the swarm I mean, the swarm stays in spot, but spot sort of circles around this building to scope out. Like, it, it gets behind the building, because if they're not parked here, I can't imagine they parked their ominous black goon squad vans very far away. Sure. Yeah, so go ahead and roll for assembling your drone. Uh, that's four hits. Uh, so you're up to six hits now? Mm-hmm. At the end of this initiative pass, you will have completely assembled your uh, your gun. Okay. Your, your gun drone, um, but uh, that's that's all you can do. Okay, uh, can I like duck behind a couch yeah. or cover or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couch. You you're right by the couch, so you can definitely like get. Yeah, because my cover, which was Boomer, moved. So. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in your uh, in your display, you see uh, spots uh, driving around, and he goes arf arf, and you see uh, he's stopped and. Um, uh, like one of the one of the construction vans, uh, the door is open slightly on the back, and you see like a, a like a, a a rack with a, a couple rifles still in it. Uh, are there any guys in it? Uh, from spot is approaching from the back, so he can't see if there's any drivers or anything in it. Okay, but there's nobody in like the open door. No, no. no. Well, it's a crack. 
So there could be someone in the bed of, in the bed of the van. He doesn't see anybody. Correct. Cool. Okay. And the, the, I can't command the swarm to do anything with that information now. Nope. Okay. That's me. Mouse, you're up. I'd like to matrix perception, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, nine. All right. Uh, you're slammed up against this wall for Maria Silva. She's like, keep your head down. And uh, uh, you hear all the struggling and like gunfire. And uh, you reach up with, with your arm and like press into the uh, press Kreflin to activate like a matrix search. And uh, you filter out everything that you had seen before uh, and scan and boop, an, uh, uh, a couple icons pop up. Uh, one is a cyber deck. And another is um, a vehicle. Okay, I'd like. I'm gonna put in my configurator. Okay, you slot in your uh, your program that reconfigures your entire deck to a preset uh, arrangement. So go ahead and do that. Yep. Uh, and Boomer, you're up. This guy's pretty beat up, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna take <laughs> him, and uh, I'm gonna run forward, jump up in the air, and with all my weight, push his head down into the glass table. I saw it on TV once. Well, looks like I'm going to need that to spin that edge anyway. I got five hits. All right. You uh, you take this guy. He's so beat up. He's almost a little bit like a rag doll uh, as he is human and you are much larger than him. You can lift him up, uh, kind of grabbing onto the back of his helmet. Uh, Run, uh, run through the hall like uh, past Mouse uh, to gain like a little bit of momentum, and then you leap up and slam his head, shattering the uh, coffee table, and uh, he is out. Uh, what kind of gun did he have? He had an FN Har machine gun. All right, I would like to pick it up, please. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's, I'm gonna go ahead and it's a quick release sling, so you can very easily just click. And pick that, pick that beautiful baby up. And if I still have movement, I'd like to make my way towards the hallway. Uh, you, you can't make any significant headway to the hallway, but you can like start your way that way. Um, yeah, that's fine. And then uh, you're, as you're making that way, you're gonna see uh, uh, Maria lean around uh, the corner, and and uh, she's gonna go shoot three shots in very quick succession, um, and you hear a solid. Uh, as one of the one of the bodies seems to hit the floor. Nice and, shot. And uh, she ducks back around the corner as there's a, <laughs> and the uh, the cover she's behind starts getting like torn up by uh, by machine gun fire. Uh, there's only one guy left. I'm not gonna have his reroll initiative. What's everyone want to do? So was he like ducking behind cover? Yeah, yeah. He's he's right in the doorway. So I'm just gonna run up and grab him. Uh, as he comes up, I throw the machine gun at him, <laughs> and then uh, and then I uh, grab him into a clinch. Okay, go ahead and roll a clinch. What's everyone else doing? Uh, I'm going to make sure this construction van can't drive away. Okay, by blowing it up? Or... No. Okay. I want what's inside. Okay. Um, I shoot the engine block a bunch with guns. Sure. 
so spot in the swarm deploy and swing around. Uh, you do see there's a driver. Um, there is another, there's two vans basically parked here. Spot was, saw the one in the back that had the door cracked open and could see the, the thing. So you swing around and shoot at uh, the... I guess if I do see the driver, mm -hmm. I'm going to shoot at him. Okay, sure. <laughs> Go ahead and roll for swarm shots. Uh, Mouse and Nim, what are you guys doing? Oh, I'm going to data spike that deck. Sure. Go ahead and roll that. I'm going to slap a trank patch on the guy that's writhing in pain and then drop agony. Okay. Yeah, you kneel down, slap it on him. Uh, he's writhing in pain and then uh, seems to go unconscious and you lift the, uh, the spell work off of him uh, and he remains uh, stationary and unconscious. I got three on my gravitant, by the way. Okay. Uh, so you throw the, the rifle at the guy, or you throw the gun at the guy, uh, it like hits him, he stumbles back, um, and then you try to use that distraction to kind of leap up in the air and, uh, and kind of grab underneath his arm, uh, and he pulls his arm away, uh, uh, kind of instead brushing, uh, brushing his like backhand against your, um, against your back. And I need you to roll uh, a willpower for me. I'm going to give you four counterspelling dice. I used my last point of edge because I don't want to fall asleep or fall in love with him or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Six. Uh, you take two stun damage as your your back is like hit with this like magical energy uh and uh you hear the guy kind of like grunt in pain as he does this and he kind of like shoves you off of him you don't get your clinch uh and you you turn and it looks like he's like getting ready to like channel like another spell to shoot at you and then there's and uh all in like one small cluster right into his uh into his like uh side probably penetrating through his rib cage and into his heart uh, three shots from Maria sound out, and he drops down dead. I had him, you know. There's no time. We have to get out of here. There's probably more. <laughs> what What did you get on uh, on your data spike, Mouse? Nine hits. Okay. Mouse, you get uh, you do make contact. Uh, you're still in AR, right? Yeah. Uh, so you kind of just like stick your finger through the little sword icon and like spin it around on your finger and slash across the uh, the icon of this deck and uh, you see as it uh, as it seems to take a little bit of damage from that it's still in the matrix and active it like you know fizzles for a bit and like has like some obvious like glitching on the sides of the icon but it's still uh, active and uh, Bumbles what did you get for shooting the guy in the car? I got seven hits yeah so you just fucking a torrent of, of gunfire shredding up the front of this car and that dude is just completely wasted in the in the driver's seat um at that point the other one starts driving off uh spot follows and um uh Maria like grabs Boomer and is like we have to go now well no Drek let me get these two guys and uh assuming they're 
small enough to for him to carry. Uh, yeah, picks one up and drags the other. Uh, there's no way you're carrying these guys without being hindered in your speed in some way. Uh, I will relay to them. So there's two vans. One is not going anywhere. The other is leaving now. I'm in pursuit. <laughs> Marie is already running down the hall. I'm, She's booking it. I'm hobbling after her. I'm going to help I, Mouse. I grab the guy's comlink link and uh, I go running after and I pick up Mouse on my way. <laughs> Thanks, Boomer. <laughs> Uh, you see Maria's gotten to the elevator and it seems to be disabled. She can't seem to call it. So she uh, immediately like shoves her body against the door nearby it to the stairwell and just like knocks it open. It's like, let's go. Yeah, we go down the stairs, I guess. <laughs> At least that's plenty of time for me to follow them in spot and come back. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and roll a driving test for spot. Okay, uh, that is... Five hits. Uh, the swarm, like, rejoins spot as right. well. All right, the van uh, you're chasing is like, and goes down an alley, and spot just, <laughs> uh, stays on the, on the pursuit. Um, it seems to be leading spot uh, deeper into Renton, uh, uh, and, like, in the general direction of downtown. Um, you said it's down an alley. Uh, at the moment, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna shoot at it with the guns on spot. Sure. Um, is there, like, do I have to do all of the damage boxes on the vehicle to immobilize it? Yes. If you shoot out tires, it, it, the, there's a chance it will crash. Yeah, so I'm going to, with the top-mounted Ares Alpha and the front-mounted Ultramax HMG with heavy explosive rounds, um, oh. try and take out the rear axle of this span. Uh, so yeah, uh, to streamline this, streamline this, let's split your pool in half, uh, and you let me know how many hits on each half. Uh, you guys start running down the stairs. When we reach the top of the stairs, I'm going to say, Drek, I'll be right back, and run back into her apartment and see if I can grab D'Artagnan's sword. Roll a perception test for me. It's a three. Yeah, you rummage around. The team gets a little ways ahead of you, um, but uh, uh, you eventually find it. Um, but they, it takes you a little longer than you might have really wanted. Uh, but you do find it. Like you have to rummage. You go into her bedroom. Uh, you're like rummaging around, and eventually you find it. Like is uh, leaned up inside the closet. And you, um, you I it. will not like stop moving, but I will. I don't want to get too far ahead of him. Okay. So yeah, then. Then you're so basically now it's there's two three groups. There's Nim all the way in the apartment. Bumble's kind of a little bit in the middle, closer to the other people, uh, and then Maria, Mouse, and Boomer uh, on the vanguard. Uh, each pool got one hit. Okay, uh, so you managed to pop a tire. If it matters, it is extra explosive in the Ultramax. <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, you don't quite get the hit you want. Uh, he's like fishtails around like a dumpster, and uh, you just shoot out one of the tires. Um, the back of the van skids, and like uh, the left corner of it scrapes up against the building. Um, but then the guy regains control and keeps going. The chase is still on. Okay. Um, uh, this continues for a little bit, and uh, you guys get low enough. 
uh, or you guys start getting uh, down, you've been just like, like Maria's been like clearing like five steps. It's like a it's like a whole spiral like stairwell. So she's like clearing five steps, landing on a landing, clearing five steps, landing on a landing. Uh, Boomer's keeping up with her, um, uh, and then um, she stops you guys. And Bumbles, you, like, catch up to him, and Nim, you get in the stairwell and start heading down. Uh, and she, like, stops you guys, and uh, you hear the sound of, like, boots running up the staircase, and, like, and, like, muffled, like, radio, like, comms being, like, Sky, we have a person in pursuit. Yeah, heading up, uh, heading up to the other levels. And uh, she, like, you guys. she, like, shakes her head, and then she looks around, and you guys are, like, roughly on, like, the 20th floor. And she's like, they're rehabbing this. We can take the scaffolding. And she shoves open a, a door. If I peek my head over, do I see guys? There's no, there's not a drop down. There's a pillar uh, uh, with this stairwell. So you can't, you can't. Oh, it's over. like a. Yeah. Yeah. It's a square winding. Got it. Okay. Center pillar. So you, you don't, uh, you can't look over and look down to see them. I'm going to keep following Maria as best as I can, but I'm, I imagine I'm slower than she is since. No, I thought Boomer was still carrying you. <laughs> oh, is Boomer still carrying me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we continue to follow Maria. If I'm 40 floors up, uh, I'm going to stick the I'm going to stick the sword in my coat so it's hidden mm-hmm. and go back into the hallway to go around and find the staircase on the opposite side. Sure, sure. Yep. Uh, I, and I will also change my face. Okay, yeah. Uh, roll a disguise test for me as you as you change your look. Um that's six hits. Yeah, you look very different now. And, uh, yeah, you, you start moving uh, to the other side of the building. Maria and, uh, or Maria's a, a little bit down the hall waiting for you guys as you guys come running through. Uh, Bumbles, you get into the hallway as they reach the end of it, uh, and they turn a corner and start running uh, running uh, down that way. You can see off in the distance uh, of this hallway that you guys are running down now, uh, there's like a, a tarp, basically, instead of a wall. Um, and uh, that's like a, a good, like, 60 feet down. Um, and you guys are, are running that way, uh, and then the tarp moves to the side. And in March, uh, three guys in SWAT armor and two guys in mil-spec hardened armor uh, carrying what looks like probably Gauss rifles. And behind them, you see someone who has the same face as Mouse. Uh, Mouse, you recognize it as the operative. Uh, uh, Echo, as D'Artagnan called her. Um, and they move into position to cut you guys off, and they lever- leveled their guns at you. And one of them yells, Stop right there! Maria stops. <laughs> where am, where and am I? And drops at? her pistol. <laughs> where am I? I at? stop, but I do not drop my ass. Nim, you're up on like the 59th floor. You've left that one stairwell, and you're moving all the way to the other side of the building to get into another stairwell. I, uh, set, I, I turn around, set Mouse gently behind me, and I turn back to face the. Uh, I turn back to face Echo and her team. And that's where we'll end this session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by the Tops Company Incorporated. Shadowrun is a trademark of the Tops Company Incorporated. All rights reserved. Go to 
www.shadowruntabletop.com for more information.